Good morning. Our scripture reading today is taken from a selection of verses in Proverbs, each of which addresses an individual known as the sluggard. My name is Brian Whistler. I am um, privileged to be a part of this body and uh, help to lead a community group and also participate in the fellows program. First from Proverbs 6, verses 9 through 11. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Proverbs 26, 13 to 15. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. There is a lion in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. Proverbs 10, 26. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. Proverbs 20, verse 4. The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Proverbs 21, 25. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. And Proverbs 15, 19. The way of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church family. Uh, I'm the one with task with the cheery, uh, you know, opportunity to preach on laziness this morning. All right, so buckle up. Here we go. A few things right off the bat. Uh, number one, students. We did not plan for this to be the sermon when most of you started school this week. All right, so. That was just, you know, that was God's plan, wasn't our plan. Uh, I can't say the same thing for who we chose to read Scripture this morning. I'm just kidding, Brian. Uh, uh, Lastly, I want to let you know that um, the remedy to laziness might not be what we think. All right? I'm going to pray and ask God to speak to us through His Word. I'm going to invite you to join me. Pray with me. Mighty and merciful Father, Like every Sunday, we preach this because it's in your word, and your word gives light to our path, and your word gives uh, life to our bones, Uh, and so we come to this. It's in Proverbs, and and so we want to understand it, that we might know wisdom, that we might know the fear of you, and that we might find life and life to the full. So by your spirit, through your word, speak to us, change us. Help us to see your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. In April of 2020, the heavy clouds of COVID were hanging overhead. All right? I don't know if you've just tried to forget that entire month, maybe that entire year. But in April of 2020, there was, at least for basketball fans, there was a ray of hope or at least a source of distraction in a 10-part miniseries that came out called The Last Dance, all right? 
was a miniseries about the life and career of Michael Jordan. Plenty of fascinating insights in that uh, miniseries, one of which that stuck out to me was the way that Michael Jordan felt about the general manager of the Chicago Bulls, a gentleman named uh, Jerry Krause. All right, if you watch that series, do you remember how he treated Jerry Krause? Um, to say that he did not care for him is an understatement, right? Like he gave Krauss all kinds of attention and not the good kind. Like he went out of his way to kind of poke at him. He went out of his way to make fun of him. And he just time and time again went after Krauss. Now to be clear, no one should treat anyone that way. That's not why we're talking about this. We're talking about this because throughout the 10 episodes, you see again and again, Krauss is kind of this um, comedically tragic character. And here's why I say that. Because if we look at the 31 chapters of Proverbs, there's actually a similar character. There's a similar character that shows up time and time again. And the writer of, of, of Proverbs, the collection of Proverbs, again and again kind of goes after this individual, this, this person and this behavior. And that person is called the sluggard. All right, kids here, you're, we're glad you're with us this morning. Uh, sluggard is a fun word to say. If you see a slug out there, it gives you a little clue. Do you, do you ever see slugs doing a whole bunch of stuff? What are slugs doing usually? A whole bunch of nothing, right? They're just kind of there. All right, sluggard is la laziness personified. And when it comes to Proverbs, um, sluggard and laziness, the laziness, they get all kinds of screen time. Like Proverbs saves some of its most tragic and comedic and creative language to go after this fool, this particular fool, and this particular foolish behavior. So I would just suggest, friends, if it gets this much attention in Proverbs, then maybe we should give it some attention ourselves. Now, again, it can feel awkward sometimes preaching about laziness in Northern Virginia, right? Like, in one of the most hurried contexts I can imagine, right? Like, when we listen to the radio, you've heard me say it before, some of you, we don't listen to music, we listen to WTOP because we need to know every 10 minutes what the traffic and weather's gonna be because we don't wanna be slowed down. But here's the thing. Um, we can be all about actions and doing things and yet still be suffering from a chronic laziness when it comes to some of the most important things in our lives. We're going to see that laziness really comes down to a matter of the heart, right? So again, you can be about all kinds of right actions and still be suffering from chronic laziness. So as we make our way through these Proverbs that Brian uh, who I don't believe is lazy uh, for the most part, you know, as we make our way through these Proverbs, we're, we're going to look at a few things. We're going to look at the symptoms for laziness. Uh, we're going to look at the consequences and then look at the cure. So symptoms, consequences, and then cure. Uh, look with me at Proverbs 19.24. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. All right, listen. I just want you to get a sense for it right off the bat, all right? This is like the tragically comic language that Proverbs is using for laziness and the sluggard, right? Some, some thousands of years after this is written, we still watch videos, right? Like we watch videos of little kids that fall asleep in their, their food, right? That's hilarious, 
All right, also videos of adults falling asleep in their food, also hilarious, but sad, right? Like Proverbs is using this kind of language, not because it's some kind of ancient form to to scroll and entertain ourselves. No, this is meant to be a, a public service announcement. The writer wants you to see this scene, to gaze at this scene and be like, hey, pay attention This laziness, being a sluggard, can wreck your life. So if we're looking at what symptoms look like when it comes to being lazy, number one, doing nothing, all right? Proverbs says that the sluggard, the lazy person, is is marked by not doing the work that they are called to do. Um, What the sluggard excels at is doing nothing. And we see it, like there was the verse there about it's harvest time. You're supposed to go out and you're supposed to harvest, but... The sluggard doesn't plow. He doesn't do the required work that needs to be done. Just doesn't get around to it. What does the sluggard do? The sluggard sleeps. That's what the sluggard is known for. Check out the exasperated tone of the questions uh, in chapter 6. How long will you lie there? When will you arise from your sleep? Like, come on, man. Now hear this. For many of you here this morning, um, one of the greatest acts of faith you can do, what you really need to do actually is sleep. All right, I want you to hear this. Sleep is good and created by God, and it is often the greatest act of faith we can take to stop from our action, rest our bodies, and trust that God is in control of all things. All right? But this isn't talking about sleep for rest. This is talking about sleep for, uh, for avoidance. This is talking about sleep f- um, for escapism, right? This is talking about the, uh, the dreaming and streaming that we do so that we don't have to face the uncomfortable circumstances or situations or issues in our life. And I think we know the difference, right? I think we know the difference between I am sleeping because I need rest and I am sleeping or I am staying in bed or I am streaming because I just want to avoid those things. Proverbs says the sluggard is sleeping for avoidance, turning over and over again. Again, Proverbs poetry for the wind. It says the sluggard and his bed are like a door and the hinge, right? Like you can't get any closer and it just turns over and over again on the bed. Symptom number one is just... (laughs) Sluggards, laziness leads us to do nothing. Symptom number two is that laziness leads us to make excuses, all right? You probably saw that excuse that he gives there, chapter 26, verse 13. The sluggard says there is a lion in the road, a fierce lion in the streets. Now, were there lions in ancient Palestine? Right? Yeah, okay, there were some lions in ancient Palestine. But were they in such abundance that they were actually prowling around on the streets? No, not really. The writer's making this clear, like, hey, when you're lazy, you start to make excuses to do nothing that are just absurd. You're usually deluded enough to kind of believe them, but everyone else can see, like, hey, man, you're just trying to get out of doing something. So we see these symptoms, and so... I want to encourage us to look at our lives. Is there somewhere in our lives where actually there's work to be done and we're just not doing it? We're like avoiding it. There's issues to confront, matters to deal with that we're just avoiding. 
right? Maybe it's the way that we take care of the bodies that God's given us. Maybe it's in school students, like, hey, you're, you're at the beginning of a new school year, think through this. Maybe it's at work. Um, maybe it's in our spiritual lives. Is there work that we're avoiding doing? And in those same areas, are there excuses that we're making? Maybe in our relationships, maybe to lead our families spiritually. What, what work are we avoided, avoiding? What excuses are we making? Symptoms, doing nothing, making excuses. Uh, that's what laziness looks like. Let's, let's see what laziness does now. Let's, let's see about the consequences of laziness in our lives Laziness, it does what sin often does. It overpromises and it underdelivers, right? It, that, that, that's how sin often works. Making promises it never intends to keep. So you think by laziness you're going to find rest, but actually you just find restlessness, right? You, you think somehow this laziness is going to lead to some sort of flourishing, but it actually leads to ruin. That's what this proverb says. That's the consequences, right? The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. Um, And we see these consequences of laziness show up both in their results and in our relationships, all right? Results in relationships. So where does laziness lead to? Um, 14 times. If I say something 14 times this morning, I think you would like, hey, Rob really cares about that. that. There's some connection there. 14 times when Proverbs talks about laziness, it also talks about poverty. All right. It also says, hey, being a sluggard, being lazy results in poverty. Now, again, hear this. Proverbs makes it clear that poverty sometimes comes from corrupt governments. Sometimes it comes from greedy and oppressive people. Sometimes it comes because of just family brokenness. But we need to add to that list poverty coming because people are lazy, because we are lazy. 14 times it says that. Again, Proverbs, original audience, uh, agrarian agricultural society. So it's literally saying if you don't put the work in, you're not going to have something to eat. Last I checked, ancient Palestine, no Amazon Fresh locations, all right? You're not going to be able to just go scan your handprint or whatever it is these days and get some fruit, all right? Um, And hey, you might not live in an agricultural setting right now. I'm imagining most of you don't, but the same principle applies. Students, if you're a sluggard, if you're lazy, if you're like, hey, I'm not going to read my books, I'm not going to do my homework, I'm going to be on Xbox all the time, then when it comes time to harvest a grade, don't expect there to be a good harvest there, right? Grown-ups, if you're like, yeah, I'm not going to put in the work on that proposal for my contracting agency, right? Like, I'm just going to get up there and wing it. I'm going to grip it and rip it, and we'll just see what happens. Don't expect to harvest that contract that you're trying to get. Athletes, like if you're playing on a team, you want to play soccer this season, basketball in the winter, whatever it might be. Like, don't expect to, to not be able to practice and learn the game and invest and then kind of harvest any kind of spot on a team or any kind of playing time. That's the principle, how, uh, that, that, that's a consequence that Proverbs is making clear. The, the results of laziness are poverty. But it's not just that. It also affects our relationships. 
We see the result of poverty, but we also see laziness affect our relationships. Uh, my wife is, is in school these days. She's studying occupational therapy. And if you want to see Liz uh, triggered, right? Like if you want to see a visceral reaction from my wife, all you got to do is say two words. Group project. <laughs> right? Like I don't have to tell you that laziness can affect relationships and that there's a relational dynamic because any of you who have been a student before know that reality. Any of you who played on a team maybe before know that reality. That laziness affects the relationships around us. We see the sluggard described, again, just incredible word pictures here. Uh, look at what the author says. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is a slugger to those who send him. All right. Anyone going around drinking vinegar and don't give me like, well, I take some for my gut health because, you know, apple cider vinegar is great for that. Even if that's the case, you know, it's terrible, right? No one's gargling with vinegar. Uh, have you found that spot, that idyllic spot at the campfire and you're enjoying it and then the smoke comes, right? And it stings your eyes. They start to water and burn. Proverbs is saying, yeah, that's what the sluggard is like in your life. It has relational consequences. If, if you're in the military, right, your laziness can be a life or death matter for people. Or it can affect billions of dollars of taxpayer money. If you're a roommate this morning, your laziness can affect either your roommates are going to have to uh, live in your mess or, or pick up your mess, right? Because we think laziness means, well, the work's not just going to get done. Actually, no, the work's going to get done. Someone else is just going to have to do it. When it comes down to it, really, laziness is, is a failure to love others the way we've been called to love them. All right, so laziness leads to ruin. Laziness leads to these relational consequences. So what do we do about it? We've looked at the symptoms. We've looked at some of the consequences. What's the cure? Like, how do we treat this? How do we help our kids treat this or our employees treat this? And most importantly, how do we treat it for ourselves? All right, just a few thoughts for us this morning. Number one, I think we got to start by just seeing what Proverbs is actually doing. It's trying to wake us up, all right? Proverbs is trying to wake us up and say, hey, laziness needs to be dealt with. It's not just like a cute little character flaw. Um, it's not just something that, you know, it's just a personality trait. No, it's something that leads to ruin. It's something that leads to death, and, and, and it's the opposite of flourishing. So that's the first thing we need to do is just to wake up to what laziness is. The second thing is, if there is a character, um, you know, if Proverbs uh, critiques the sluggard <laughs> relentlessly, uh, there is the diligent one that Proverbs speaks about on the other side of the spectrum. Time and time again, Proverbs calls us to be diligent, to do hard work, to, to put in the effort, to show the grit. And so we can't be here this morning and say, okay, that's what Proverbs says. It calls us to live that way, to live diligent lives. And maybe you're like, I don't know how to do that, or I'm not good at that. Talk to friends, talk to family, ask for help and prayer and encouragement and accountability. Proverbs calls us to be diligent. But there's, there's a better treatment than that. 
uh, let me pull back the curtain a little bit here. This series on Proverbs, uh, the challenge with this series on Proverbs is we could end every sermon like this, right? Um, be a better planner. Be a better parent. Speak kinder words. And to be clear, Proverbs says you should do all of those things. But it actually says all of those things flow out of the fear of the Lord. Like there's a heart thing that needs to happen. There's a heart orientation that needs to change before you can really do any of those kinds of things. The Bible is always after the heart. We see it in Proverbs because it says, actually, before you do any of these incredibly earthy, practical things, something needs to happen in your heart. If you're new to Christianity, you need to know it's more than just moralism. It's about having your heart changed. The very beginning of the story in the garden, all it took was one rule to, to, to expose the problem with the heart. And then when Jesus comes along and he preaches the Sermon on the Mount, he goes again and again after the heart. You want to see how much about the heart it is? Let's just transition away from laziness and hear what he says about adultery for one moment. He says, you have heard that it is said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks lustfully at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. All right, so let's have some laziness and heart chat. Um, I wonder how many of us look lustfully at laziness. Here's what I mean by that. You like see lazy people and you think to yourself, I kind of wish I could be lazy, right? But I don't want other people around me to think that I'm lazy, right? What's winning the battle is my pride and my estimation of myself. So I'm going to, I'm not going to be lazy. It's not because I don't want to. It's not because I want to honor God in this or I understand the fear of the Lord. It's just I don't want other people to think that I'm lazy. You see, that's just as much of a broken and jacked up heart as actually being lazy. Do you see that? Laziness is a matter of motivations. I can't stand up here and say, hey, the, the cure for laziness is just go do more work. Because you could do all kinds of work for all the wrong reasons. I want to ask you this morning to be curious about your laziness. Why is it that I am lazy? What's going on in my heart under the surface that's leading me to act this way? Jesus in the gospel comes um, along people at times that are busy but lazy, right? He comes along people who are around the outskirts and he says, hey, follow me. We see it in Matthew chapter eight. Hey, hey, follow me. But these people say, actually, there's stuff we got to do right? I got to go, got to go to a funeral. I got to go check out this property. I got, there's stuff I got to go be busy with. And he's like, nope, you're being lazy spiritually. You're being lazy about the things that matter most, the one that matters most. And so maybe you're here this morning and you've been all kinds of busy and you need to hear Jesus say, hey, it's time to stop being lazy spiritually and come to me. Be curious about your laziness and be sure about this. The cure for laziness is seeing that there was one who was not lazy. Jesus again and again speaks about doing the work of his father. Here's what's, here's what's beautiful and amazing about Jesus is somehow there is no one who worked like Jesus and there's no one who rested like Jesus. We rejoice that Jesus wasn't lazy because lazy, 
Uh, laziness on Jesus would have le- led to our ruin, to our poverty. Even when work meant going to the cross, Jesus was willing to do that work so that we might be brought into the family of God. So if we want a cure for laziness, it's seeing what's been done for us. Understanding the fear and the knowledge of God that His grace has changed our life. Something needs to happen in our heart if we're going to be cured from our laziness, regardless of what area of, our, of life it might be. We need to see the grace of Christ. We need to have that shock our hearts into action. All right? You walk out these doors right here on the wall directly across from the auditorium. This is just helpful first aid information. You know what there is? A defibrillator. All right? So if anybody ever needs it, that's where it's at. God is always after our heart. And if laziness is doing nothing, we need the grace of God to act like a defibrillator on our heart, to move us into action, not self-centered action, but God-centered action. Not action to build our kingdom, but, but action to build God's kingdom and to love God's people. That's the cure for laziness, is having the grace of Christ come and change our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Um, We thank you that our hope doesn't rest on what we think about life. Our hope doesn't rest on even our abilities. All of us have to confess that there are times where we have been lazy. From the youngest to the oldest of us, we are grateful that there was one who was never lazy. He lived a perfect life on our behalf, Father. We trust in that. He died the death we deserve to die for for, for our failures and our brokenness. We trust in that this morning. And so I pray for, for myself and for my friends. Would your grace work in our hearts in such a way in the week ahead to move us into action? to love you and to love others so that we might find flourishing and that we might glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.